0: G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League My name is Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kaze Hello, Hef.
1: bit slow on
0: on the uptake today, mate. Just uh, reading the news. I'm uh, up to speed now. We're ready to go. All right, let's concentrate on the podcast, mate. All right, for those who haven't listened to us before, we are the AFL fantasy podcast that uh, sifts through the trash of your draft pool and uh, tries to find something of value uh, to add to your team. So uh, before we get stuck into the uh, team analysis that we've been doing for the last few weeks, uh, we're just going to have a look at a bit of breaking news, I guess. So um, this week, the big one for uh, keeper league coaches was the Signing of Michael Gibbons uh, for Carlton. So,
1: Kays, do you think he's a chance to play this season or what? Uh, I'd say so. Um, My first question when everyone got very excited on Twitter and and the like yesterday is that why didn't he actually get picked up in the draft the first time around? That's a big question. He is 23 years old, and Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you want
0: to take the, especially in a deep draft like this year. Um, You know, he's had two big seasons where he's uh, won league medals and had lots of uh, possessions and lots of stats and things like that. Um, And in such a deep draft this year, this would be the time that they would have looked for him but maybe there was too many kids going around I'm not sure yeah but um he did average 115 in the VFL um but yeah who does he get a game ahead
1: of it Carlton uh good question I suppose it really depends on where they see their team at the moment we've talked a lot about Newman and you know Williamson and all these other kids coming into that halfback kind of position will he kind of slot into that role uh is he just a gun midfielder who needs to go straight in the middle I'm not sure but Just interestingly enough, you know, he's 23, which is still pretty pretty young. So it's not like they've drafted in a 25, 28 year old for that particular role. The other thing that interests me a lot is that so he's from Williamstown and his teammate Brett Buley is getting a lot of um, excitement for fantasy coaches because of his good scoring. Yeah. He actually scored, uh, yeah basically 20 more points a game than yeah, Buley right. did, uh, same age. Yep. So, you know, if you're keen on Buley, um, and, you know, obviously Buley's at Fremantle, Gibbons is at Carlton. Well, I guess it's got- to be hot in him too, don't you?
0: Well, I guess there's not too much difference between the two clubs. They're both no. at the foot of the ladder. Carlton yep. obviously finished bottom or a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But uh, you think because Carlton, like, further on in their rebuild, they're probably closer to resurging up the ladder. So, it might be harder for- um, Gibbons to crack into that side But um, yeah if, if, if you're keen on Buell You've got to be keen on Gibbons I think yep. For me um, It's probably going to hold out Someone Maybe like Stocker I don't think he's going to be Holding out Walsh Hill, But maybe something like Paddy Dow mm-hmm. It depends where Carlton Really are at And for me I think they're kind of Over their rebuild stage but not, um, not actually like In terms of Going at the ladder, but for them, they actually want to start winning games. They don't want to uh, keep being down the bottom ladder. So for me, they're probably not thinking, like, yeah, obviously they're still rebuilding, but they're probably thinking, we actually want to win some games as we go through. And if you want to win some games, you've got to play your best side.
1: And I think Gibbons probably is in that if they're playing those kids. Well, from his stats in the VFL, for yeah. sure, you know, you don't win two lists of medals uh, being yeah. a hack. So, correct. So, where would you take him in the draft, Hef?
0: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, for me in the middle rounds, I reckon. I think he's probably a bit better than one of the late round draft picks, especially when you're looking at your VFL scores, mm-hmm. playing against a lot of uh AFL listed players and scoring better than them. Um and I do think yeah, you know, he's probably more of a riskier prospect in terms of being best twenty two. But uh yeah, I think he has actually a chance, especially at Carlton. Um again, I think all last year they were talking about they want an experienced body, experienced mid uh to jump in there. I guess they got Walsh, but you know, doesn't have the experience so Gibbons is probably that guy That they were looking for And uh, yeah Can probably jump in And uh, do a bit of a role in there Might take some time To get his uh, debut But yeah I reckon he'll get it At some stage So yeah Should be interesting I agree Let's uh, move on To our league spotlight half Who'd you talk to This week Well we talked to A friend of the show uh, Rory O'Brien Who uh, used to play footy uh, For us uh, With us Sorry At Walkerville um, So yeah We had a chat to him this week And uh, we know a lot of the guys In his league as well So Should be uh, pretty interesting And uh, yeah Let's hear about What they do in their league all right, I'm joined by Rory O'Brien uh, from Adelaide, who's here to tell us about his keeper league. How are you, mate? Good
2: to Yourself, mate?
0: Yeah, not too bad, mate. All right, uh, tell us about your league. What's it
2: called? How long has it been running?
0: All that sort of stuff. Uh,
2: our league is called Fire League, which is a bit of a slang term for good or that sort of thing that we picked up back in Lincoln, where so few of us in the league are from. Uh, this will be our fifth season. We're we'll about to get into you know, drafting about a month time, so on, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, We roll with squads of 36, so fairly large, but we only keep uh, 12 players plus you get two 21-and-unders, which is a new rule we've put in the last couple of seasons, which is working
0: okay. I guess I'll ask how uh, your team's gone. Have you won any flags, or uh, how's your team looking this year?
2: No, i just scraped into the finals the last couple of years, mate. I am sort of making up numbers. (laughs) I did a couple of years ago just beat uh, thanks to make the last spot in the final By about 0.2% So that was I've seen the highlight of my uh, Keeper League career thus far
0: Oh that's no good mate Who's your uh, Who's your star player?
2: Uh, Paddy Cripps and Maxie Gorn Are the big guns at the moment
0: Yeah pretty handy to have in uh, Keeper Leagues For the next few years
2: Yeah exactly I got real lucky a few years ago When um, Brooks had too many ruckmen And I had absolutely none So just before Max Gorn broke out He ended up in the draft And I was just snapping up Which has been
0: Real handy Yeah, nice uh, So you'd have a Premiership Cup Or a trophy Is it named after anyone? Any stories about it?
2: Uh, yeah, we got big that uh, We got made up A couple of years back um, Zanks is really Like, obviously Zanks is another guy That we share We share a couple of league, mate, league mates Zanks being one of them And uh, yeah, he was really nice Getting the trophy Because he, he's pretty confident Every pre-season He's going to win it you know, <laughs> He actually did last year Unfortunately for everyone else uh, Yeah
0: you can and photos in the group chat and that sort of thing, and just, just randomly
2: puts them up in the trophy. Oh, that's
0: no good, mate. Um, all right. right, so I've been in an NFL fantasy league with you before, and there's been some uh, pretty brutal punishments in that league. Uh, is it the same for your AFL keeper league? Do you punish your uh, wooden spooners, or what goes on? Yeah, we carried that one across.
2: Obviously, I think you're in the league here uh Chelsea and threw tomatoes at him. That was a good <laughs> one. Um, for the footy one, uh, I think might in the NFL through The meat of James Obviously He's a resident vegan So he got pelted With sausage And that sort of thing Which probably isn't Very PC So that <laughs> but, Um Last year uh is another one Of our common League mates Came after, And it, as you might know He's really bad With spices So um, One of the players he to up With a Really hot chilli And we made him Eat that on draft day Just to get underway. Yeah, I guy. think you get A bit too much Time to research Because uh Different yogurts and
0: fucking milk and all sorts going around, so he managed to go pretty well through it. So we <laughs> would have to see the steam coming out in your ears or something, but no, no luck. Ah, uh, well, at least you, um, at he did it without complaining and, uh, yeah, dealt with it in his own way, I guess. All right, does your, yeah. read, uh, <laughs> league have any other, uh, funny quirks or stories or anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, we've had a lot,
2: not well, definitely, had a couple of bad beats, which uh, a lot of the blokes find pretty amusing. I had, um, I got like, three points, uh, against, uh, resident Alistair Clarkson, we sort of call him, so just seems to be good every year, um, until last year, actually came last, which was, a, oh, good. You know, the first but uh, yeah. I got by three points with, uh, last Sunday's main team, and Molly Vines played a tackle with about two seconds left in the game, so I got done by a point. So that one was, and then, um, yes, I think easy. You was, know, five or six, and then, all I needed was a jack watch, not to touch the footy, so you think thinking you pretty home and hose. And we got that little cheap wide one in the pocket and had a mark and kicked it with her a couple of seconds after the goal as i a couple that week as well. So, those sort of things, uh, yeah. Right, I think right, that's mate. why I've just been making up the numbers, mate. So, yeah, they haven't <laughs> this, but
0: we'll see how we go this year. Yeah, right, mate. Yeah, good luck for this year. And uh, yeah, cheers for joining
1: us on the show this week. And uh, yeah, take it easy.
2: No worries, mate. Anytime.
1: He's a good man, the weapon. Unfortunately, sounds like he's a bit of a trashy uh, fantasy football coach, but, uh, you know. Yeah,
0: not making finals too often, but uh, well, at least he's there. He's having a good time. He's, uh, he's competing, so that's all we can ask for. Most importantly, he's listening to us talk shit, so uh, <laughs> keep going, Rocket. I love it. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Uh, we're going to talk about some, uh, some team analysis this week, so let's get stuck in. So the first up today is the Hawthorne Football Club.
1: We start off with the Hawks, the uh, titchless Hawks, but apparently Jad Ruffhead's playing in the guts this year, so (laughs) if he's not on your draft radar, make sure he is, but uh, no, in all seriousness, don't. Draft Jared Heff. Who are we drafting instead,
0: though? Uh oh, we can have a look at Daniel Howe. I think um, so. He might be picked up in a few leagues. He kind of did uh, perform a bit, a uh, bit better than previous years last year. But he averaged eighty. Uh, sorry, averaged seventy-seven last season and seventy-five the year before that. So uh, often he gets handed the tagging roles though. So can uh, can be a bit skimpy when it comes to the fantasy scores. Depends on who he's playing and uh, who he has to match up against. He's had four tons over the uh, last two seasons. And there's. Uh, Lots of fluctuation in his scoring, so you know, lots of nineties, lots of sixties, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, if he does uh, shake the tagging role, which might not be uh, might not be happening at Hawthorne, but there is a chance. What do we think, Kay? Do you reckon he can be- uh, he can
1: become a uh, consistent scorer? He actually showed a bit, maybe a few years ago, that he was going to be the next kind of big thing for the Hawks. But yeah, as you said, he's ta- kind of taken that tagging role on i've actually kind of got impegged as one of the blokes who could pop into mitchell's midfield role yeah Um, like i know that um obviously um wingard is the the first choice probably if fit yeah um but you know like he's done a he's done a lot of the work the hard work over the last few years and i think a lot of times that some clubs do reward the blokes who have had to play those tagging roles those negating roles and potentially how's actually quite good on the flip side and and a bit creative. So yeah. um, it wouldn't actually surprise me, especially this year without Titch there, that he could spend a bit more time, you know, not being so negative and actually yeah. no scoring, which uh, I would be happy to, yeah, if he was in my side, I'd keep him um, and I'd be happy to draft him pretty early on because I think there's some actual scope for him to go big. Yeah, with how yeah you you
0: touched on it, that players kind of do get stuck with tagging roles. But Howe for me is actually a player with a bit of a a few extra strings to his bow. Like it shouldn't be so negative. I think in his play, so if they can find someone else to jump into that tagging role, he's obviously very good at what he does. Um, so that's why they keep doing it. But if they can find someone else to jump into that tagging role, he could be used to actually cover some of the uh, yeah some of the Mitchell uh, I guess the hole that. Needs to be filled there. Mm. All right, guys, who are we talking about next? You know who we're talking about, Hef? Oh, I don't want to talk about this guy. Come I wouldn't on. even know who this guy was if it wasn't for you banging on about him every week. But here we go. Let's go. I think there was a couple of
1: weeks I didn't mention him. so oh, give whatever. Me, <laughs> give me, no, Harry Morrison. Um, no surprises to anyone who's listened before. Uh, I'm a bit keen on Harry Morrison this year. Uh, look, he averaged 66 last year uh, Went out um, Sorry Finished off with 78 In his last five games Which is something I always look at uh, The last kind of five games With players Heading into a year And um, seeing what they can do I'm, I'm quite keen on him Third year breakout As I like to say And I think he's got That spot locked into The Hawthorne's best 22 He basically played 19 games last year And I think As I said before With Burton gone I think he's going to get More responsibility yeah. um, He's actually listed As a, a forward mid In um, fantasy uh, Ultimate But he, I think he's got that half back flank role just uh, tied up for me this year. Um, has turned up, and I think just think he's going along nicely. A few uh, three tackles a game, five marks a game, and he does kick more than ha- he handles. So he's one that I'm quite keen on. Um, I would take him early-ish, uh, not you know first or second round in a in a kind of keeper redraft as you want to call it. But yep. um, yeah, that kind of early to mid, I'd I'd be looking at Harry. I guess looking at his
0: stats ratio, he does look like the right kind of uh, fantasy player. But, yeah, like I said, I don't really know a lot about him. But if he is uh, kind of – if he's a DPP – in fantasy this year or in ultimate footing this year, yep. um, he obviously plays, a, he must have played a fair bit of time up forward last year. Mm. So, with wing guard moving to the midfield, he's not going to be stuck on the kind of half forward role, which probably isn't the best, you know, spot for fantasy scoring. You don't
1: think there's a chance of him being stuck there and kind of taking over a spot up forward this season? Uh, I don't know. I, I think he's more likely a wing than a yep. half forward. And I think that they'd be crazy not to play wing guard up forward. Yeah. You know, if When he's not on the ball you yeah, know, yeah. like Wingard's not going to play Halfback flank They need him up forward Trying to kick goals And be creative That's But you don't of, think like, That could be a position Where they swap or rotate These two uh, Potentially But I don't see Morrison at the, this stage Being a real midfield beast I think he's yeah. just more Of that outside The halfback The the wingman role So Yeah, um, yeah As I said before I'm quite keen on him But yep. um, yeah Nothing too crazy early Yeah for me He's one to monitor Have a look at him And
0: see how he goes During the JLT Here's one of my Man crushes though Kays Let's <laughs> talk about The war Pedo Alright So this guy averaged 68 last year Which isn't uh, Super uh, exciting But He did average 82 After he got dropped uh, To the VFL And then came back Into the league side So Mm -hmm. finals uh, Let's not uh, sugarcoat it It wasn't great But uh, Hawthorne didn't play great In either of the finals either So he only scored 56 In the finals Um, Before that though Yeah The 82 average uh, Leading into finals That we talked about Um, At VFL level Only averaged 67 But uh, he looked very comfortable With the AFL So I think Maybe he's one of those Players that perform with better players around him mm-hmm. uh, Needs to be fed the ball As opposed to going to get his own yep. Not sure But uh, the interesting thing is um, Yeah He's got a, He's ranked uh, elite At kicking in the uh, In the prospectus So um, That's a good sign as In terms of him being In their best 22 Especially with Mitchell out And they're going to need Good kickers in their side This season um, So I reckon he's actually Got a spot cemented up Which is uh, Which is Which uh, is Handy, but there are some concerns over his ball winning ability. So he does seem to get a bit of cheap ball, which should explain his uh, his uh, VFL numbers. Um, but yeah, with Tom Mitchell out, everyone's talking about this guy moving into a full time midfield role. Uh, what do
1: you think, Kay? Do you reckon it's happening? Ah, uh, look, I know you love him, and you know <laughs> he's got I understand that. Good yeah, mustache, yeah. all this, all that, jazz. but you know, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna. I think he's gonna get there. Whether whether this year is the year, I'm I'm just not sure. Like, yes, he'll get a bit more responsibility, get a bit more op- opportunity in the middle. Yep, but. Am I going to look him to jump from, what, 68 to 95 or something like that? I just don't think. So, I think there's a whole heap of excitement around, you know, fantasy circles that Warple's going to be the next big thing. He might be. Yeah. But I just think you need to check your, you know, um, um, what's it called? Your- check yourself before you wreck yourself? No. I <laughs> this this beer's obviously hit me. The uh, delicious <laughs> big boozy fruit, fruit. Yes, yeah. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, you just got to have your um, – just don't get too excited, basically. You yeah. know, just uh, keep it in control. Sixty-eight, maybe if you can get man that low eighties. I reckon that might be the go. Um, yeah. But you know, he's going to be serviceable. And I don't think final bad finals games are bad when you're a young player. Either I think you know it's a big occasion. Yeah, yeah, of course. Finals footy is completely different to to um, you know regular season footy. So yeah, don't don't think about that too much I wouldn't
0: have thought as much as I love getting caught up in hype I'm on the same page with the UK's I think that if you're expecting huge things from him you're probably going to be disappointed but the fact that he's the DPP and he's going to be playing in the midfield could you get you those kind of high 70s low 80s which would be super handy there yep. the issue being he'd probably lose his, uh, lose his forward status in future years but I wouldn't be surprised once Mitchell comes back and uh, a few of the uh, younger Hawthorne players come through he might actually be something that does get DPP back uh, in the future so yep. yeah with the Peter. So um, definitely grab him if he's available because, um, yeah, he's going to be uh, pretty handy, I think, in the future. For sure.
1: Um, my next play is Jarman Impey. Now, not really a uh, fantasy household name, but uh, moving across to Hawthorne last year, he took his average from 57 to 70, which is pretty solid as that, you know, bench option, uh, that kind of thing. He had 12 scores of 70 plus, uh, two 90s and a ton. So he can actually rack him up. What I like about him this year, fantasy-wise, is he's the back forward DPP. Yeah. So, can be a bit of a swing man for your team where sometimes, you know, you're always maybe a a bench option short or, you know, your last position D5, F4, F5, sorry. Yeah. And so, he can flip between the two. I think that's quite handy sometimes. My question is, you've watched a lot more of him as a a kid, uh, as a port supporter. have Can he actually pinch heating the guts a bit more that now that Titch is out. Like is he does he have the tank? Does he have the ability? He's only twenty three, so he's yeah. not he's not, you know, um locked into a particular position for for, for year, I don't think.
0: Yeah, well, I remember in 2014, I was so excited by this guy. We're talking with our first pick, uh, which was probably pick 21 because I think we traded a few away from Pollock. Uh, but, yeah, I expected big things. He broke into our round one side in 2014. That year, we went on to uh, make the prelim. I uh, could have it been 2015. I can't actually remember. <laughs> one of those, it was one of those two years. Um, but, anyway, so keen on this guy. And after watching super closely, just kind of not actually be, you know, anywhere near the kind of hype that he was kind of, uh, yeah, ranked to be. Um, I've kind of wrote this guy off, but in terms of him moving into the midfield... I think he, there is a there is a possibility he can play an outside role. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't think he does have the tank to make. He's more of your half-back, half-forward kind of and then pinch hit in the midfield. Yep. For me, I've completely written him off and my advice would be to go nowhere near him because we saw the same last year really um, going from Port going then going to Hawthorne. Yep. At Port, he wasn't even the best 22. So, I don't know how you don't make that side at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, going to Hawthorne last year, he did pick it up a little bit. But, you know, you always expect players to receive a little bit of a bumper going to a new club. Yeah. Yeah, for me i'm happy to avoid but uh you know if you think you can uh, do something then by all means uh test it out but um yeah for me jarman
1: MP is uh, an avoid for me well obviously there's a bit of bad blood there that's what you're uh, talking him <laughs> there down there's a for. bit of bias yeah jeez you've never met a more biased man in the world than hef when it comes to port or mm. anti-port this is true chat so look i'm actually happy to back him in not not anything crazy but I think if you can get him mid to late in your draft go for it because there's you know as I said he's a 70 average player oh you could do a lot worse yeah and that's sure. what I think and I think there is a bit of scope whether he will, be, he will never be a 90 but yeah. I reckon he could get up to you know the high 70s 80s which is always a, a half decent you know last defender last forward so
0: with players like this for me it's do you go with what you know and what you expect or do you take the punt and try to uh, get something to do better and I'm always for taking the punt I guess yep. um, and not just kind of settling for a guy who's going to average just 70 between 70 and 80
1: I'm, that, I'm usually that same kind of thinking yeah. but it depends on where your team's at and sometimes you just you need to pick players who are best 22 or who you know yeah. you know what you're going to get out of and then take some risk somewhere else I think there's still a bit of upside to him but you know we're going to find out uh, this year Alright, the next uh, player I'm talking about And the last for Hawthorne
0: is Blake Hardwick So he became an elite Intercept player and we always like intercept Players in our fantasy football, they get a few marks Across halfback and things like that So, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, he only averaged uh, 64 and then 64 before That, uh, there's lots of scores uh, In the high 70s and low 80s but there's A lot of rubbish in between that So I guess if he's playing across halfback with uh, Burton gone, I guess we've talked about Harry Morrison to replace him but you know Blake Hardwick could get more responsibility there's also a chance because Hawthorne rate him really highly there's also a chance he could run through the midfield as well so I guess is he worth a shot he's a fourth year player so you know he could be on the verge of a breakout who knows uh I reckon he's a watch list for me what do you think Kaze?
1: Yeah watch list for me so he was on my list a couple years ago as a second year player and it was it was serviceable enough for what you know what I was expecting yeah um he does take a few kickouts I think uh reading one of those articles so yeah potentially he might be a option you know to bump up there even if it's just you know as we know three or four kickouts a game can add another 10 or 12 uh, points to your score so um yeah here's a watch list for me I'm not expecting too much of him I think that uh, Morrison is a better player than Hardwick so if you were choosing between the two I'd be choosing Morrison but uh yeah there's um there's there's enough stuff to say that Hardwick will be quite a handy defender too and he's going to be a defender for a long time to come which which we know can be handy as yep. uh, if he if he does actually develop and become a, a good player you know he's going to keep his back status next year
0: all right cool that uh, wraps up Hawthorne so yeah let's have a look at Melbourne.
1: I reckon that this flag might be flying pretty high this year. I've actually, I actually like Melbourne to win the flag. They've uh, added a couple of handy cool. players. Uh, only lost Hogan, which I think will be replaced by T Mac quite easily. You know, playing more forward. Maybe Maxi Gorn playing up there too. Never know. Could be anything. But yeah, I that'd actually. Be cool. big cool. But uh, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah. Well, who do you think? Uh, yeah, good question
0: Oh, you'd expect Richmond to bounce back, I guess uh, Maybe Collingwood could go one better But yeah, if you look at last year Melbourne do look like the team on the up And uh, yeah, let's. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see But uh, yeah, let's uh, not worry about real footy And let's talk about some fantasy footy and, uh, Which is what we're here for, yes But <laughs> exactly.
1: uh, one of the additions I was talking about is KK Kade Collajazny So um, always had plenty of time for KK uh, Only played eight games last year with concussion um, And then obviously some subsequent form issues uh, fell out of that. So, But if you go for the three years prior, he averaged 84, 72, and 86, which is still pretty good. And he's actually really quite young at 23. He feels like one of those guys who's been around for quite a while, but he's still still a spring chicken. And I just think that there's a massive spot for him on the wing or halfback flank yeah. at the Ds. I think he's got that class. Um, he uses the ball really well. He's a great mark, great kick. I think he's going to be an absolutely great addition to the Ds side. And he can go big fantasy-wise. Like, he scored nine tons in his 50 games, which is quite a good clip in your first 50. Yep. Um... But I really just want to monitor his position in the JLT and see what he can do um, and where he's going to play. But I'm quite happy to back him in, um, you know, to, to get up to those 80s, 80s scores again, especially in a good side where, you know, he's going to get a bit of cheap ball without having to have the pressure of what he had to cope with at the Gold Coast, where they were just getting smashed. I reckon if they can use him as that creative outside player, he's yeah. going to be really, really good this year.
0: Now, I do like the idea of uh, KK on the wing. They, uh, they pushed uh, Don Tyson out to that role last year, and I guess... Uh, they decided to part ways thinking they probably could bring someone else into the side to actually do that. And I think KK is the man they actually brought in to do that. Better
1: kick than Tyson is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And
0: so if uh, KK is a defender next season, which he is, I think, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's a DPP. Yeah, good. Um, so if he's actually going to get the numbers that, Dom Tyson actually scored last year. That's a mm-hmm. pretty handy uh, average for a, a for a yeah for a backman. Yeah. So um yeah, I do like the idea of KK and definitely monitor because there's nothing set in stone and make sure the injuries are on the uh, on the right track. But yeah, I reckon he's a
1: pretty good pickup if you can get your hands on him. I reckon there'll be. He, I'm keeping him. He's in my side. I reckon there'll be quite a few people who'll be in that boat because there's yeah. the the unknown and hopefully that excitement of what he can do. Um, but yeah, if he's around, I'd be taking him quite early because he's he's proven. It's just whether he's gets that um, you know his head right. Yep. Um, but Melbourne have the uh, Melbourne turned around uh, Angus Brayshaw and you know managed to get his concussion problems yeah, exactly. right. So hopefully they can do the same with Mel, uh, with KK and um, yeah, we can see the best of him again. Cool. All right. I'm going to move on
0: to uh, Bailey Fritch now. Bit of uh, conjecture with Bailey Fritch as he's no longer a DPP, a sole midfielder, so a lot of people write him off just because of that, but uh, hear me out with this one. He averaged 74 last season, and yeah, started the season as a forward, but then played a lot of midfield, and obviously that's why he's ended up losing his DPP. Yep. But by all reports, he's absolutely carved up the internal trial. Now, there's always someone who's uh, carving up the internal trial, so <laughs> take that with a grain of salt again, but uh, he was playing across halfback throughout that whole trial match, and they reckon he was best on ground and, you know, clear first before, you Know, the next best player don't even think about anyone else that's how good Bailey Fritch was in his trial so apparently if he's playing across half back hopefully we see him take a DPP and get defender so he does actually strike me as the kind of player who would be actually quite handy in that role mm-hmm. and uh, someone who could score well so I guess um, if he does get that status I guess we're banking on that a bit there's no certainties but would he make him a bit more valuable if you could see him getting that
1: it would, but I don't like to ever
0: yeah, <laughs> draft
1: someone on the off chance that they do get gifted something by ultimate footy yep. um or or fantasy um look yes he's not a keeper anymore when you you can't really take an av- average seventy four mid into a into a keeper spot but you can take him early if you can because yep. um there's the op- as you, as you said you know if he's actually in the form that he's in and he's gonna start he's, he was. Best 22 for Melbourne easily last year as well. So, he's, he's talented. Um, if, it's just if he can take his game to the next level and if he can find that position, there seems to be, you know, each time we do these team analysis, there's always seems to be the same kind of blokes vying for the same kind of positions. Yeah. And, you know, we probably sound a bit repetitive saying, oh, they can take this spot, they can take this spot. But there's, with Melbourne, there's yeah. there's so many good players that they've got in their squad now. Um, it's going to be tough for spots. But, you know, these guys are proven scorers. And Fritch at 74 in his first year is a pretty good guy. Some of these fringe players
0: are coming into a side like Melbourne that has proven like they are actually good fantasy scorers. Yep. If you can snag one, you know, you're taking a bit of a pump, but if you can get one of those players who does move in, could be a bit of a goldmine. So yeah. uh, try to uh, monitor this one and have a look at someone like Bailey Fridge because I reckon, given the chance, the yep. right position, and get a bit of luck with DPP and things like that, could be a very handy pickup. So.
1: And just with the, the mid only can make them a sleeper too yeah. because, you know, people just write them off because they want a high-scoring mid or they want their DPP. So you can always get these guys a bit later than they probably should go, which is good for sure. Um, Another new addition to the D side is Steve May. So I actually really rate him. He's a bit underrated and he's the key defender and a lot of people write that off. But he averaged 75 last year and 77 the year before. Um, And for that kind of last defender spot, that's quite handy. Yeah. Um, I'm actually backing him to go bigger because – he has the ability to score. He turned up twice last year and also had two 90s. Yep. He could be the uh, kick-in taker at Melbourne as well. And yeah. I we, mean, he took a lot of the kicks at Gold Coast. He was their main one. If he can get the job um, is going to be the big question. I think I just read an article before that in the internal trial, Salem was taking a lot of the kick-ins, but yeah, May's been injured, so obviously he can't put his hand up there. They do have a few other options in Lewis and Hibbert and those kind of blokes, but if – he can take the kick-ins. He can easily get his average up to close to 90,
0: I reckon. Yeah, well, I've been hearing differing things with these kick-ins. Now, some teams are going with designated kick-in takers, but other teams are just saying we just want to move the ball as quickly as possible to get the best out of this advantage. So I think clubs are at ends to, to say what is the best uh, the best actual advantage from this new rule, and some clubs are saying whoever's around – Pick up the ball, get it moving straight away. So then we might not actually see um, certain players taking kick ins at certain points. It could be guys who are deep in defence, just grabbing the ball, getting it and going. So yeah. if May's one of those, he's going to be pretty deep in defence. So he could see the bump there.
1: I guess yeah. we'll have to wait and see. And he's a good kick. And look, I think if he, I think the other good thing about him, I should say, is that, you know, going from. Gold Coast where they just kept getting smacked. Ball was getting in easy. I think he get he's the opportunity to take a lot more intercept marks, a lot easier to, you know, get a lot of cheap ball. I think he's he's yeah. got a really good potential to naturally just rise up into a mid 80 for sure. Um, obviously he's a bit injured at the moment, not playing AFLX. So just monitor his fitness before round one, but I'm quite keen on him and I'd take him early um, because you know what you're going to get. If you're getting that um at a minimum 75 average yeah. on your last Batman or uh, d4 i think that's fantastic
0: yeah depending where your team's at if you need a defender because they are the scarcest probably position to come by when you're playing deeper keeper leagues um yeah early to mid yeah around then I, I don't disagree with uh early just i'm always scarred by the key defenders uh the key position players so i'm bullish i'm happy to go early okay cool All right, I'm glad someone's uh, got a bit of confidence in some of these players we're talking about, so that's good. All right, moving on to Jaden Hunt for uh, my next player. So he looks set for a breakout in 2017 where he averaged uh, 74, um, and I like the way his kind of trends were moving upwards, but about 10 points per game each year. Um, In 2017, he had four tons, uh, eight scores above 80, and a top of 129. So you're getting young bloats, so you can score 129s. That's pretty uh, impressive. But in 2018, he went backwards, averaged 46 from six games. So in the in the VFL he only averaged seventy two, so he didn't even have a ton. So that's uh, that's a bit gross. That is um, very gross. And then he got a bit in, he got injured towards the end of the season. Uh, sometimes this happens when we're expecting a breakout, though. They call it the second year blues sometimes when you're talking about younger players. But he was obviously played a few more seasons than that. But <laughs> sometimes they go backwards before
1: going forwards. So what do we think, Case? Can he bounce back? What is he even best twenty two? I can't see him being best twenty two with the additions. Yeah, you know, like if you're talking about. He, well, firstly, he wasn't in their best side yep. to the end of last year. Yeah, you add in college Jazni, you add in May. You know who are both backmen. Where, yeah. Where's where's he going to go? Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree.
0: I think he might struggle, but if he's someone you can get with a really late pick or maybe a rookie list, if
1: you play it, I reckon he's worth a bit of a snag down there. But oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be going early. Oh yeah, no, he's. Uh, I'd take him mid as well because there's yeah. the opportunity. If he gets his opportunity, um, he can score. Yep. You know, like and, and it's proven he can score, and he's very flashy, very. Fast, yeah. If Melbourne are looking for a bit more extra pace, Hunt comes in and he can provide that for sure. So, yeah, um, yeah I would wouldn't get too excited, but yep. if you can get him mid to late for sure. Monitor through the JLT. Who's next, guys? Uh, Michael Hibbert. So the he just had a stinky year last year. He <laughs> okay. averaged sixty nine. So the year prior he was ninety three. So he's basically gone from one of the best defenders in the game yep. to being one of the you know very very mid tier. Yep. So. What was a reason for that? Uh, I think he was a bit injured at times last year, and it's just really can he bounce back? So are we are we willing to back him in to bounce back? And I think he can. Yeah, the the in rule helps him a lot too because yeah. he's one of the ones that did uh, kick in a lot last year. So he's obviously going to rise a bit there, and potentially you know as some players just have a bad year. You know you just have a you're out of form, you're out you're be injured. It's just what happens. So I'm not willing to write him off yet. He is 29, which is probably not on the great side for a keeper. Yeah. But I think if you can actually get him in your draft or especially around the mid-pack, mid especially if people are looking at you know that 69 average last year, I reckon he could be a bit of a sleeper. Yeah. So in the, uh I guess, fantasy football community or the other
0: podcasts and the uh, chatter on Twitter, I've never seen a player where people are more bullish towards just getting rid of him saying there's no chance this guy bouncing back that sort of thing and you know to be honest I don't know where I stand what I saw last year was just gross and for me he kind of has scared me off a little bit but hibbert yeah I don't know he, he, they, quite often they do just have down years and they can bounce back but the thing is when he was having better years Melbourne were down lower on the ladder mm-hmm. and as they've started to you know rise up They've started to use different players in certain situations and I don't know if you can actually get back to that spot. He's too good of a player though on history
1: to actually – Stay in a lull for this long, I think. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm happy to back him in, especially. And if everyone wants to write him off, that's fine because yeah, it yeah. means you're going to get him cheaper. It means you, one, no one's going to keep him. It means one, no one's going to take him early. Yeah. So if you can hold off and you do need to add a bit more depth or you know um, potential scoring ability to your to your squad, I think Michael Hibbert is, is a really, really good pickup, especially yeah. late.
0: I think he'll be in a lot of drafts. So uh, yeah, definitely have a look at him, I reckon.
1: For sure. And the last player, Hef, who have you got? Uh, Brayden Proust.
0: So we've seen what this guy can do When he's given a crack at AFL level So for North Melbourne Not last year But the year before He played uh, a few games early When Goldie was out uh, In that year that uh, was 2017 Sorry He uh, averaged 67 So it doesn't look super impressive But there's two big games in there um, Where he scored huge tons um, And then there was an 87 in there as well Then a few scores around the 50 And then I think later in the season He played with Goldie alongside him So mm-hmm. that uh, affected the average a little bit but um, he averaged 105 in the VFL last season with no AFL games to his name, and if Gorn pushes forward, as is the uh, as is the word on the street, and Pruce is the number one ruck at Melbourne, is he worth a selection?
1: He's a gamble. Yeah, I don't know. I- I don't know if you can if I can see yeah. him playing if if I can see Melbourne playing two rucks. Sorry, yeah. I think that Gorn is just such a good ruckman that you'd be crazy to play someone else just for the just for the fun of it.
0: Well, in that internal trial I was talking about with Bailey Fritch, uh, it was clear that Gorn spent the whole game up forward and Proust was in the ruck. So I don't know what we can take out of that. Whether that'll
1: be uh, that what the go going
0: into the season, but that is an observation that was actually talked about.
1: Are Melbourne that light on in forwards that they need to play the best ruckman in the game.
0: At uh, full forward. <laughs> well, perhaps. It depends where, like, Tom McDonald, now with Hogan gone, yep. uh, are they going to be putting all the weight on Ho- uh, on McDonald's shoulders? Sorry. Um, and then, you know, do they want to use him in defense still? I guess not with May, but. Not with uh, May, uh, yeah. In yeah. There.
1: And I think hopefully they keep pushing with Wiedemann because he looks quite good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, potentially he's not quite ready yet, and that's why they need Gorn to pinch up there. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very very strange one for me. For me, he's only worth taking if you're
0: handcuffing into Gorn. So yep. for those out there who probably don't know what handcuffing is, and I assume if you're playing keeper leagues, you know what handcuffing is. But that's when you take the team's number one ruckman and you take their second best ruckman. So if that ruckman goes down, uh, you've got someone to back them up. So for me, I probably wouldn't be taking him uh, unless you are willing to handcuff him to Gorn. So you've got Gorn, <laughs> or you want to piss off the guy who does have Gorn. And, um, Wants a guaranteed backup Rutman to see if you can get some uh, a better trade value out of him. So, another strategy, I guess. Tried and uh, true method. Yeah, we've talked about this last week on <laughs> yeah. the UK League pod. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's something worth thinking about, especially if he's there late. Yeah. Um, yeah could I agree with
1: you. He's a handcuff option for me yeah. at yeah. this stage. Cool.
0: All right. That uh, wraps up Melbourne. So, we're going to move on to uh, North Melbourne, who had an influx of players this season. But, yeah, we'll uh, talk about uh, them in more detail in a sec. Alright, on to uh, North Melbourne. So, if you guys listen to the uh, AFL Fantasy Podcast, Calvin uh, got stuck with uh, looking at North Melbourne the other week and uh, he was saying that there's uh, no one of fantasy value in the North Melbourne side, but that's quite the opposite for keeper leagues and I think that's what the uh, the beauty of playing keeper leagues is, is there's uh, so many diamonds in the rough, so to speak. Uh, so, North Melbourne are a team that we're looking at with great interest because there's a lot of guys coming into this side, a lot of guys on the fringe and uh, a lot of guys with uh, potential to boost their
1: numbers, I think. So, Definitely. Kays, who are you looking at first? I have Jai Simpkin. So he's a kid that I have a bit of time for. It's a bit of a slow burn of a, a love for Jai Simpkin. He's coming to his third year and he didn't miss a game last year, which is fantastic. Obviously, there's going to be a few issues with, uh, you know, holding a spot with some of the arrivals at North this year. but yeah. And he did only average 60, so he wasn't a, a fantasy gem or anything by any stretch of the imagination. He did have a 97 PB, but a lot of up and down games. He's got. He's very talented. He's one of those, you know, high quality players. Potentially, hasn't got a lot of the the ball just yet. As, as a bit more of a quality over quantity player, but yep. um, he was a very high draft pick for North, and they rate him very highly. I think he's actually going to become a real gun. I think his frame is quite slight and he's been kind of uh, pinched into those half forward, forward pocket rolls, which hasn't been great for fantasy scoring. But once the time comes, I think he's going to be one that's going to be massive. So um, as I said, it's a slow burn and it's not one that I'm massively expecting big scores this year. I think he's going to be potentially next year, the year after, but he's one that I'll be picking this year because I think that he's got the the ability to go large, um, whether it's this year or not, probably not. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely a mid round, potentially late if you can sneak him out there. Pick, yeah, yeah.
0: If he's he's one for me that I don't expect too much this season, but he's one that you could look at for the future. So yeah, that's good advice, really. If you're not contending this year and you're uh, looking forward to the future, definitely worth a bit of a sniff, uh, especially late if you can get him. Might be a bit of a bargain. So yeah, yeah. All right, we'll move on now. This guy, um, I don't expect to be in too many keeper polls because uh, you'd have to have uh, dropped him at the end of the last season. So, but anyway, I'm talking about Aaron Hall and. Uh, this guy can be an absolute fantasy jet. Uh, he battled last season with, in, uh, with injury, uh, but went 98 and 105 uh, the years before that. At Gold Coast, he's always scored exceptionally better when Gold Coast has won. So, Gold Coast losing a lot of games has actually probably hindered him a bit because he's not getting his hands on the ball. But he should win more games at North. So, uh, he's uh, been criticised for his lack of defensive running. But uh, North have kind of come out publicly and said they want to play more of an attacking game plan. And I think he fits this mould perfectly if he is to come into that side. So, I guess, um, yeah, if someone was silly enough to drop him, uh, he's going to be – Yeah, he's going to be a decent
1: midfielder. Is he a chance of getting
0: uh, DPP though,
1: Kate? I don't know. I think he's actually going to belay predominantly midfielder at North Melbourne. I think yep. he's he's going to be the one that they want to play in the guts and try and use his uh, – he does get criticised for that one-way running kind yeah, of thing yeah. and, and potentially could sneak a DPP forward if he does end up playing a lot in the forward line. But I think his uh, work around the centre clearances and general speed through the, the actual yep. midfield is going to be too important for, for North Melbourne to play him up forward a lot. So yeah. uh, even off halfback flank, there's been a bit of talk about that and I'm just not sure. I think he's, he's a proper midfielder. Yeah, yeah. If he gets back to
0: 2017 form when he's playing in the midfield, he could actually be like an elite fantasy scorer. Yeah.
1: 110 wouldn't yeah. even surprise me. You know, If like, he can get up there. yeah, if Correct, he can get that yeah. yeah. And that's the big if. Yeah. There's a lot of ifs about North Melbourne, like they have been with a few of the teams that we've spoken about today. It's just what their best 22 looks like. I think Hall's in their best 22. The issue for me, if oh, I can yeah, find one, is he's 28. Yeah. So he's no spring chicken because he did kind of come into the game a bit later. Yeah. Um, is he a good keeper choice long term? I'm not sure because there's a bit of. It's very high risk, high reward with Aaron Hall for me because yes, you know what you can get on a good day, but geez, there's a chance that he might not you know be playing if he if he finds that bad form and they don't want that. He's not getting that defensive effort they want from him, you know. I don't know. He's, he's a real risk v reward for me. Even if
0: you're thinking long-term, like with Keeper League, so much happens from year to year with your player to player. You, if, you, if you're thinking you're going to be down for three years, then why are you playing? You know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I reckon he's still going to be good for the next three to four years. So he's definitely worth a pickup no matter where he is. I reckon if he's in your pool, which is unlikely, just grab him. Don't even think about it. Get him and, uh, yeah, move on.
1: Fair, cool. I can't argue with that statement. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit more... Uh, wary, okay. I suppose, than you might be. Yep. Um, speaking of people who just have, you should have no expectation about, it's this guy, Luke Davies uniaki So, LDU. So, I want to have a bit of a chat about a few things about LDU. So, lower your expectations again. Okay. So, he's in a bit of a Simpkin mould where I'm expecting things in the future. So, he played only seven games last year uh, for a 40 average in the AFL. He then only averaged 70 in the twos. So, there was a whole lot of hype about LDU going into the season, you know, like, um, um, you know, get on this kid, he's going to go big, going, he's going to play, he's going to do all this stuff. And it kind of didn't really work out. But the kind of lesson you learn from that is, and you do learn it um, quickly with with draft legs and that kind of thing, is be wary of the salary cap hype. Yep. So a lot of people and a lot of, you know, you read a lot of things from um, the Phantom, from Supercoach, or the boys from um, DT Talk. Their whole shtick is that they are salary cap players, yeah. so they want to get in kids who will just be playing. Yeah. Now, yes, he did have some good numbers as a kid, but just be wary about some of these guys who, yes, um, they're talked up quite well, but you can't draft them exceptionally high because of that reason. They're yeah. not going to come in. Like It's rare that a kid comes in in his first year and is a 90, 80, 100 scorer. You yeah. know, like, yes, seventies is quite good, sixties are not too bad, but... Just with your kids and it's probably a rule for this year too with your Walshers and um Haley's and that kind of thing, if you're drafting him early, they are a long term pick. Yeah. So you can't be too shitty if they don't if they end up scoring, you know, forties like LDU did. Just be wary about that salary cap hype. I still am quite keen on LDU, but I'm not keen on him this year. So he's a stash for me, a late pickup, potentially rookie. So this was uh, his second year, Case?
0: This is his second year. So not his third year? No. Well he's not breaking out next year, is he? Correct. We all know that players break out in their third year It's that's it's your fact. go-to line <laughs> it's actually fact so why are we even talking about this guy uh, for me no, nah, he's shown nothing to actually warrant a pick for me um, again if you're, if you're you know if you're into him might be worth a stash for me, he looks like one of those players, like a lot of the North players, North rookies that they pick up that kind of never eventuate. Um, so I guess we've seen a bit of a change, uh, I don't know, turn of the tides. I guess in terms of the way North play their football, they're changing styles, and it might suit him. I'm not sure, but for me, I don't know. Like you said, he was only relevant last year because he could have played, which in the salary cap formats means he makes him money. Yep. Uh, this year, he's not even worth that. So I don't know, guys. Okay. For me, he hasn't shown enough for me, and he's one that I'll be avoiding until I see a bit more. Cool. I can't argue with that. All right, my next uh, player who's uh, a member of the Big Hoofers uh don't think he played in the premiership side, but uh, he's not quite good enough. No, they're too good. The hoofers were uh, by give far the best team last season. Didn't even get lucky on grand final day. But uh, let's move on from that. Let's talk about Paul O'Hearn. Uh, he averaged 68 in 2018, and it was his first kind of injury-free season. Now, he was um, injury-free from the get-go, but they had him in the uh, the twos to kind of give him a bit of match fitness before they started him mid-season. Um, his top score last season was 118 uh, and scored a 92 as well, then a couple of 80s. But his uh, time on ground was interesting Because he only played uh, 68% time on ground Last season um, There's some uh, questions about his outside game uh, He plays very inside uh, Which we know is not the best uh, the best Position to play for scoring But uh, that could just be uh, getting up to speed With AFL, you know, coming off injuries Hasn't really run properly in two years Needs to get a bit of a bit of a tank on him To try to get some of the outside ball uh, But yeah, his inside game was very impressive So hopefully he can uh, make that next step He attended the the third most center bounces for North though so you know, if he's an inside midfielder they're generally the ones that uh, that are hanging around in the middle and he attended the uh, third most bounces so for me I'm not 100% sure he's best 22 with the new ins AFL website's got him hanging onto a bench spot and I think the uh, Fox Sports were the same too and his uh, disposal efficiency is quite low so that could hinder him a li- little bit but for me he's worth a punt, there was big raps coming in, high draft pick uh, Shoney can actually get some big scores and then yeah hopefully it's just a matter of fitness in terms of his time and ground and the kind of outside numbers but uh yeah what do you think about Paul hearn case
1: i wouldn't expect massive numbers again like it's a with these three guys coming in or four guys coming into um to the north Melbourne setup you just don't know where everyone fits in at the moment i i'd give him the benefit of the doubt from last year that you know, as you said, it's his first full season in, you know, years because of, um, you know, injuries, and he did show a bit. So, I think if you're keen on him, there's no issues holding him or taking him early, but you just got to be wary at the moment, especially before JLT, is that where he kind of fits into the North Melbourne side. You know, you've got blokes like Ahern, uh, Dumont, Simpkin, plus all your your Polex, uh, Tyson's, Halls coming in. Like, you can only fit so many people in a midfield or yeah. playing on a wing. So, it's going to be come down to, you know – it's great for North Melbourne because they've actually got some quality in their side for once in a while so yeah. um, I'd be monitoring them very closely, I would just would have low expectations As a, a
0: Hearn owner I'm hoping that someone like Higgins gets pushed up forward a bit more to play uh, that kind of role and that gives him a bit more uh, bit more upside in the midfield but again we'll have to monitor that through the JLT yep. Anyways Kays, who's next for you?
1: Another arrival, but not the midfield variety. Oh, is I'm he to- <laughs> the quality arrival or what? Ah, uh, he's an arrival, just arrival. Okay, <laughs> it is Tom Campbell. So, I think this is a very interesting career move. So you leave uh, where do you go? leave um, Western Bulldogs, where you potentially would have been a number one ruck at this stage, possibly, and you go to North behind Goldie, not behind Tim English, mate. That's why you left because you knew Tim English had that spot. I'm glad that we're reading from the <laughs> same book, but yeah, he actually didn't play a game at the Bulldogs last year, so there's obviously some writing on the wall at the club there, and he just they told him, "Nah, move on, Tom." But he actually averaged 94 in the VFL last year, which is quite solid. Yes, I know he's been in the system a while, and he should be dominating, but 94 is a, a solid knock for a for a uh, ruckman week in week out. Reading all the reports on the Kangas so far he's been training very well and he's actually been pinch hitting up forward so in a way replacing weight I think so the big question will be like it is with Melbourne do Melbourne play Gorn and Pruce and will the Kangas play Goldie and Tom Campbell on the same side so with like Magic potentially not being uh, available for a bit Jared Waite gone do they rock Ben Brown is he a rock option do they need to play Tom Campbell so a handcuff option, yes. I'd keep him safe, but he actually can score. So he's like a Proust to me, like um, handcuff first. But, you know, there's, I, I wouldn't write him off to actually be an okay scorer.
0: Yeah, at this point in time, he's a handcuff. A few years ago, I really rated him, and I think he started a season pretty well, which got me thinking, like, here we go. Tom Campbell's going to be Bulldogs next ruck, and he'll be, uh, he'll be taking the number one mantle for years to come. But gold is on his last legs, I guess. And there's no clear replacement. Ben Brown's too valuable to... Uh, Uh, to take out of the forward line. We know what's happened with Majak. He probably won't be playing too much footy this season and he'll be monitored uh, closely. But, um, yeah, so Tom Campbell, maybe not this season, but I think he probably – I think North have a bit bit of a long-term plan for him, um, seeing what he can do. And, uh, yeah, maybe moving forward, Campbell might be the one to go. The issue is he's quite old. He's 28 or something like that, which is a problem, but – but you, see, you look at most of the Rutman and the compo kind of pushing 31-32 yep. and he might be that stepping stone for that next guy that they bring in and move up. So, yep. you know, I don't think Campbell this year and I don't think he's going to be, you know, around forever but mm. he could be decent in the next
1: kind of two, three seasons. Yeah, he's a scorer. So, I think you've got to keep him safe.
0: Yep. All right, next player, one of my boys, Jasper Pitter. You know they so, say that. He doesn't
1: play there anymore. He's not he's your still boy. still
0: one of my boys. He was one of the guys that uh, everyone hated at Port, but I had a bit of time for him. I'm pretty maybe sure I you could find some incriminating messages. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe. And I'm a bit of a contrarian as well. So, generally, if people hate something, I love it. So, uh, You're a dickhead. Anyway.
1: That's <laughs>
0: Anyway, we'll move on to uh, talking about Jasper Pittard. So, he averaged seventy in twenty eighteen and uh, seventy six in twenty seventeen. So, not bad scores for a num- uh, for a for a defender. Uh, the big one was in twenty sixteen where he averaged eighty and he uh, made the All Australian squad that year. He cops a bad rap because he's always seen as a bad use of the ball. But uh, before twenty eighteen, his kicking out of defence was ranked elite. Uh, he had a few bad clangers I reckon every now and then that just stuck in people's minds going yep Pittard's this horrible you know, leg but he's actually if you look at the champion data stats if you look at the prospectus from the last few years Pittard's actually ranked quite highly in terms of his kicking uh, he also rated elite for uh, meters gained and intercept possession so these are the type of players that we really like in fantasy guys that they put the ball in their hands of when they run or they kind of take marks across half back and get you those extra three points uh, in 2018 he actually went backwards in terms of his performance so this last year I guess was the year you could say Pittard was a bad kick uh, and he wasn't ranking elite in many of these uh, areas that he was before he was dropped uh, from Port's side before the end but recovered towards the end and for Port last year, winning those last four games was vital for them to actually make finals, so for Pittard to come back in that tells me he was actually in their best 22, he just had some things to figure out So, when he came back into the side, he averaged... uh, So, that was round 18, he came back in the side. He averaged 84 uh, 84 from then on, and he also, Kays, was another member of the Hoofers Premiership. So, yeah, new clubs tend to reinvigorate players. So, if he goes to North, how do we think he'll perform? And the other thing is, as well, he could be a kick-out option if
1: North choose to use run and dash from fullback. What do you think, Kays? Can we look at Jasper Pittard? Firstly, I think if you mention the Hoofers Premiership one more time... (laughs) Uh, I don't know. We're gonna to have to find him or something like I that. I think the listeners want to hear about Harry Morrison more than they want to hear about the Hoofers Premiership. I think so. I he's actually relevant. You're last year. You're like what happened in 2018. No one cares. It's all about 2019. No, nah, I agree with that. Move on. Anyway, uh, Pittard, Oh, he's he's a tough one because I'm I'm not sure he walks straight into North Melbourne side, does he? I don't know. Yeah. Uh,
0: Probably not, not straight in. There's a few guys vying for options, but there's guys like Jamie McMillan who come back, Sam Wright, uh, Luke McDonald, um, Mm. also guys that are kind of on the verge of being good, on the verge of kind of not being good at the same time. So I think actually there's someone, Jasper Pittard is actually a guy that they're looking for.
1: Okay. Well, I think if he plays, he scores all right. And, you know, if he's allowed to play the role that he plays well, yes, but, you know, Obviously, you know, at times last year he was meant made to play a bit more of a role that wasn't so fantasy friendly and potentially yep. didn't suit him as well either. So, yes, if he can take the kick-ins, obviously we know there's a there's a bump coming there. But yeah, I don't know. I uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be taking him or keeping him
0: if he gets back to his best. He's fantasy relevant.
1: Or well, is eighty what you really really want from a twenty mid twenties? Well, for me, he's a
0: defender four, defender five. So mm. I'd be taking eighty every day of the week. Yep, but I'm not convinced he's going to be playing. I to be, thought I had you there with Pittard. I know how much you hate uh, Pittard and I know how much you hate Port Adelaide in general. So, uh, don't hate Port you don't like, Oh, come on. Anyway, I thought I had you there for a second, but nah. uh, I thought I convinced you about Jasper Pittard. No, nah. nah, well, nah, <laughs> you can take him. You can take him. <laughs> well, I'm keeping him, so. Well, Obviously, the Hoovers aren't looking to go back-to-back, are they? Nah, probably not, but uh, we'll see what happens this year. Junk. Who are we talking about next, Kays?
1: This person, I think you've just recently acquired in a trade, so tell us about that. I have, and the thing is, I'm pretty sure I said on a pod earlier that I'm actually not keen on him at all this year. Oh, but Um, you just traded him in. But I've just traded him in. So, I'm in a bit of a pickle with my particular side where I was lacking a lot of depth in my midfield, so I thought this is a bit of a – I only had to trade up a um, a draft pick, so it wasn't a high-risk trade in. But we're talking about Dom Tyson. So I have said that I wasn't super keen on Dom earlier I'm just because yep. he's burnt me in the past and he can be hot and he can be very, very cold. But as I said, yeah, my, my midfield depth is probably what I needed to, to try and um, bump up and he's not a bad option to come in as like your last keeper in our particular league. Yep. How he fits in the side, I'm not sure as well. So, you know, is it your Dumonts, your Simpkins, Hall, Polex, you know, who's coming in and who's taking these positions? He's obviously a very good player and he was, um, you know, back in the day. And potentially a seek change for him could be very handy. Yep. Like looking at his numbers when I was um, looking to trade him in, I crunched a few of them and his time on ground at Melbourne was pretty stinky. He only um, had two of his 14 games where he played more than 80% game time. Yeah. And I feel that he'll get naturally more game time at North Melbourne, just potentially how they play their footy. But then when you look at his VFL numbers, he played five VFL games and averaged 136. Yeah, that's big. So he's... He can seriously go big and he was, VFL VFL's a step down, but if he's allowed to play that VFL um role in, in the kangaroo side, you know, he could push, you know, mid nineties yeah. uh, uh, quite easily. So it's gonna be very role dependent and there is a bit of risk associated with it, but he might not be available in many drafts and it might be he might be one of these players who people are tossing up, do I keep them or not? Is the does the positive outweigh the negative? And yep. I think the more I've looked at him, there is more positives than negatives heading into this year.
0: Yeah, so if you look back to 2016 and 17, he averaged around the 90 mark, All right. So in those years, he was playing. I think I think I read he was attending a real high number of centre bounces. So he was in the guts. He was one of their main midfielders. But then in uh, 2018, he was pushed out to a wing at uh, in Melbourne, and I think we saw his uh, scoring suffer. Now, if you look to his VFL scores, he's playing inside mid in the VFL, and that's why he's getting 135. Yep. So I think at North they don't need outside run. They brought in Polak. They brought Hall in. Um they've got yeah, other young boys and other young guys coming through. He's gonna be playing in the guts. At uh, North Melbourne, so I can mm. see him definitely getting back to that ninety to ninety-five average. So while a lot of people are writing him off, I'm quite bullish on Dom Tyson, and I think he's going to be a good pickup if you uh, can get your hands on him this year. So K's uh, credit to you with your trading. If you're only trading what third round pick for him is that Third what round trading? pick. Yeah, no, I reckon that's a good trade, and I think you've won that one. So uh, yeah, if finally won uh, one from Tom. If that's the case, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Never but, uh, the devil. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I think uh, Dom Tyson is actually quite a good pickup. So if you've got your hands on him, or if you've got him in your team and uh, you're thinking about keeping him, definitely. Do do it and if you can trade to him uh do your best to uh, get your hands on him because i reckon he'll be all right not you know not 100 110 that sort of thing but 95 so you're mid four mid, four, uh, mid three mid four around that yep. um yeah
1: definitely pretty handy to have and he's still young so yeah
0: i'm happy to back him in yep. uh, obviously i have and
1: yeah please do something for me dom
0: <laughs> all right so in this uh analysis um section we have not talked about any of the uh draftee players and that's because we've already done a whole podcast on those for our Patreon uh, subscribers so if you enjoy the podcast consider becoming a patron uh, lots of stats up there we've got the breakout tracker, underage fantasy scores, state league fantasy scores, we write, do a little summary of every play we talk about uh, on the pod but coming up this week and by the time this podcast comes out they'll probably already be available but we're going to have our defender rankings up then next week we'll follow it up by uh, midfielders rucks forwards, I'm not sure what order we'll do it in but they'll be, uh, be released next week. So, that said, we've got a host of people that signed up this week and uh, are keen to hear our thoughts on uh, who we're ranking and who we think our best uh, players are going to be next season. So, um, yeah, I think I might read them out this week, K, because I haven't done it for a while. So, uh, thank you to the following people. Uh, Tory Rodder, uh, Stefan Husinoff. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Looks good. Adam very simple name there, no surname <laughs> given. Uh, Vincent Furler, Matthew Moyle, Todd Rowlings, uh, Mark Crunchy Crone, and uh, yeah, thanks to those people who signed up to our Patreon. And if you're interested in joining up, so again we've mentioned all the things you get on our Patreon page. Uh, you can join up for as little as a dollar a month at Patreon.com/slash Keeper League Pod. Okay, moving on to our listener tweets for the week. So, again, we've had a uh, influx of tweets this week, and we apologise if we can't answer all of the uh, questions. But, uh, yeah, we'll kick it off with at Henry Katz, who is a new Patreon subscriber. Uh, his question was, do you think Harms can average 100 this year? What do you think, guys?
1: Um, I like him, but I think 100 is a massive stretch. Um, I think his potential... Option or option to go bigger is that Nate Jones is slowing down and uh, obviously might not spend as much time in the midfield. So, Harms is that big body bloke who almost replicas Jones's style of game. So, yeah. um, I think he's a 90-ish average for me. Like, I think he can bump up from 83, no dramas. He's he's quite a good player. I like the way he goes about it. But um, hundreds to stretch. Yeah. But I would be happy to, you know... Keep him for a couple years And see what if he can actually Take it to the nat, nat Proper next level
0: Yeah I agree 100 might be pushing it But last season He averaged 83 And from round 18 Last season He played 90% Of his game time As a midfielder So from round 18 onwards He averaged 103 But he does get The tagging rolls And I don't think They're going to escape him Anytime soon So uh, I think he'll Definitely push into the 90s And maybe 100s At, at the uh, the very stretch But um, if not this year I reckon he's definitely Someone that could do it soon It's just the tagging rolls That worry me
1: all right, Kays, what's our next tweet? It's from at Cherto5. He His question is, thoughts on Dom Tyson for the ruse low time on ground percentage uh, and can score, and what's his effect on Higgins' scores, playing more time forward and getting fed the footy? Um, both could go either way for him. He's keeping Higgins in a 31-player keeper league that keeps uh, 16 players with four under 50 games. He's just unsure whether to keep Tyson. So we did talk about Dom uh, before, so we've, we've discussed that. Um,
0: what's your thoughts have? Oh first of all I'd just like to preface uh, Thank you for letting us Know about your league And giving us a bit of A scenario about how Many players you keep And things like that Because that actually uh, Helps us in in terms of um, In terms of you know Knowing what's the best For your league And the situation you're in So that goes for Everyone that's out there If you're asking us a question Give us a bit of a Circumstance about your league Because they're all so different mm-hmm. um, For me He could actually affect Higgins scores And I'm kind of hoping it does but not Because of Tyson It's more so because I want uh, Ahern to spend More time in the <laughs> midfield And I think kind of the, They're both players That can run rotate forward um, but yeah I don't think I don't know if Tyson's going to directly um, directly impact Higgins any more than kind of natural progression of the way he's going to play this season would be I don't think if he does go down if he goes, does go down I don't think it's going to be directly because of Tyson I think it's more going to be because he's getting on his season he's going to be resting at forward all that sort of things a bit more yeah.
1: what do you think Case? Um, I think there's no issues with me keeping Higgins, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Cherto, Like I think he's a gun and he's got the runs on the board, so keep him. Uh, as I said, Tyson. I think there's some upside. The thing that I think um, with Tyson, he can probably because Tyson and Hall are genuine midfielders. That means that they probably need to spend more time in the midfield, which allows Higgins to go forward and be you know creative. And he's a, he's a very very classy player, so they might yep. want to use his his class up forward. So they might push Higgins that might means Higgins has to spend a bit more time at Ford but will it will it affect him greatly I don't I don't think so I think Higgins is still going to be yeah your 90 plus kind of mid for sure all right cheers for that Cherto
0: and uh yeah good luck with uh Dom Tyson and Higgins all right uh next
1: uh question Kays, what's on the board uh Rory O'Brien so our um listener from the Uh, earlier on his question is thoughts on Jed Anderson and Cade Collajazny so we've obviously talked about KK what do you think about Jed All right,
0: Jed Anderson showed what he can do last season when he was injury free so he averaged 76 scored a few times early but tapered off towards the end of the season so I'm unsure if that was a fitness thing you know not playing many full seasons before and having that many games under the belt uh, whether that's the reason why he tapered off I reckon he should increase his numbers again but I don't know why, how much mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't expect more than mid 80s but he's a keeper depending on the depth of your league what do you think Hayes? I
1: wouldn't keep him Yep. I just think there's a um, the blokes who have come in this year are a lot better than Jed Anderson. Yeah, true. And with that much unknown, and for a guy who only averaged seventy six, I just mm. can't afford. I wouldn't afford to keep him.
0: I didn't factor those guys in, so yeah, that probably does affect my, um, I guess, analysis a little bit. But um, do your yeah, due diligence. Have bloody hell, who am I working <laughs> with here? <laughs> I still think he's worthy, uh, but yeah, he might be pushed into a, you know, more of an outside role or something. I'm not sure if you could get. Could get. I don't know. I'm avoiding. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. Next question, uh, Dyna White FC, another Patreon subscriber, so thank you for that, mate. Uh, what do you think of Lukey Mack? Uh, was it
1: last year a roll or a, a Blues situation, Case? What do you think? Well, if you look at Luke McDonald's stats, he's had one year of 85 yep. and then he's averaged nothing higher than 70. Yep. So I think he's a handy enough pick up, a mid, early mid pick in a draft, but yep. I just don't think you can actually keep him. and. I'd chance my arm with other players too. As you said that, you'd rather, would you go back to the world when you know you're going to get, you know, a 70 or would you like to look somewhere else and try and get higher? I just think that we've given him plenty of time or plenty of chances to, to take it to that next level. And if he's not in their midfield now, he's not going to be there this year. Yeah. And... Yes, he's still a handy backman in, in for scoring purposes, but is he actually ever going to be like an 85-90? I don't, yeah. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, he's a funny one. In our draft, he went first round. Uh, yep. Yeah, 16 capers, but uh, he went first round in our draft uh, the previous year. But I'm not really sure what happened. Um, North, I guess, played a different style of footy um, from what they did previous years. And more players probably stood up for them last year, so that probably affected him. McMillan coming in, playing a, a pretty similar role, hurt him a little bit as well, I think. Um, and then... For me, I think expect to see Pittard and uh, maybe Hall having stints across uh, having a stint across halfback. Um, so for me, he's probably a pass. Exactly the same thing as K just said. Why go back to the world when you know what you're getting? Where you could actually take a risk on someone
1: else and uh, someone a bit younger, someone a bit unproven, and see how they go. That's my thoughts. Um, question from at Dan K one o one Angus Brayshaw. His age and high ceiling has me seeing him as a top twenty pick. But I'm not sure if that's going too early. Is that yeah, too early,
0: half That's too early for me. Um, I don't even have him in my top 20 midfield rankings. He's just outside. I think he was 22. I guess you'll find out in the uh, next couple of weeks if you're a Patreon subscriber. Um, but yeah, factor in, I guess, positional depth and the need for midfield. Uh, sorry, the need for forwards and defenders, um, especially you know when a runs probably going to start by the you know by the top 20 picks someone's going to take a defender then someone's going to take you know someone's going to take Lloyd then someone's going to take Laird then someone's going to be like oh shit I need a defender and they take Sicily or something like that um so you know if you factor in all that I think Top twenty is a bit high, mm-hmm. um, but he's a great player, and yep. I love the I love what he showed last season. But for me, he p- kind of pushes into that maybe fourth, fifth, even sixth round as a midfielder, probably yeah. even lower to be honest.
1: He's a funny one because he really yeah. did go bang last year, and, yeah. and uh, obviously shook that concussion stuff off. But I have to agree with you; he's he's outside uh, top twenty. At, I think with him, I want to see another season of how he really yeah, really so. goes. Like, but the issue is, then you probably miss the boat. Yeah. So you either go, do I go earlyish yeah. and you know lock him in for for plenty of years, and then you can reap the rewards for years to come. Yeah. Or do you be a bit more cautious and go, no, nah, I'm happy to to take him a bit later. I think for me, I would, if I I would personally, I wouldn't be unhappy if I never had him in my team yeah okay. like you know like there's people who you can kind of benchmark and you know oh, geezy, if i wish i had taranto i'd never let him go or i wish i got this guy this guy yeah i'd almost be happy to you know he's going to be a gun player that's not i don't rate him it's just like i'm happy for someone else to potentially take that risk for me he's a punt but you're
0: getting really good odds yeah so there's a chance you'll lose but uh yeah you know, i think there's a lot of upside there as well yeah all right, so Trav014, another patron. Uh, Neil Bullen, great pressure player. Can he work his way up the ground for more posies though?
1: Um, I really like ANB. I think, but he's probably more of a 75 to eighty-four. I think, for me. He's, yep. His tackling is a magnificent asset and scores him a lot of points, but I think he's kind of averaged around the 16, 17 kind of possessions the last few years. I think he needs to get up to those 20 pluses to become a, a legitimate, you know, Gen- uh, gun fantasy score, I should say. Um, I think he's definitely going to be in Melbourne's best twenty-two for many, many years. Um, just with with their midfield, I'm not sure how he kind of fits in. I, you know, I'm not going. I'm going to say I haven't watched heaps and heaps of them, and his. Uh, Game in particular, but I do like the way it goes about it. I'm just, I think this year he's kind of that seventy five to eighty five. For me, he's too valuable as a pressure forward for Melbourne. Um,
0: he's elite for turnovers, so in the forward fifty and getting on the scoreboard. So he's the perfect pressure forward. So you know, why would you mess with that? I think so for Melbourne in terms of actual football, he needs to be playing in the forward line for them to actually be successful. Yeah. So I can't see him moving into the midfield, but you know, not beyond the realms of you know of possibility. Yep. I'm not
1: saying it's never going to happen but at the moment he's just such a good pressure forward that he needs to play there yep Uh, at Henry Katz another question from him his question is pretty simple would you take Aaron Hall or Tom Liberatore in a keeper draft Hall full stop yep (laughs) look Hall's 28 Lib is 27 um, and Hall can go absolutely massive. And if you just look at Liver stats, yes, he was injured last year, which is uh, no good, but he just hasn't hit anything near a, yeah. a 90 average for three or four years. So yeah. I just don't think you can, you can't take him uh, ahead of Hall. I think Hall's got much more upside. Yeah, If you can get Liver late, yeah, but if it were between the two, I'd Hall
0: will every day of the week. Yeah, I agree with you, guys. I'd be taking Hall if I was in that situation too. All right, on to the last question from uh, Mitchell Bagley, another patron. Uh, Would it be wild to take Sam Walsh in the first or second round of your Keeper League top-up draft? Uh, 12 teams, 26 players, 13 keepers.
1: Not at all. I think it happens every year in our draft when we uh, redraft the pool. Someone always takes the first round, yeah. in the first sorry someone always takes the first pick in the first rainer round.
0: went first round last year yeah yep. and
1: i think the year before um whoever was there went first round as well it's just it's just because of the hype that's just what happens you know people get sucked into the the, the number one thing which is fine because i think sam Walsh is going to be a legitimate gun but for me it comes down to where your team is so if you're challenging probably don't. But if you're not, if you're a few years off and you're kind of building, yes, bloody oath, take him because you, you know, from what the stats we've seen, he's going to be a jet. But yeah. even saying that, like I'm, think I'm challenging this season, yeah, and I'd still take him with my first pick. Well, I think I read somewhere this week, in terms of ranking points, that's the super coach
0: uh, model and not fantasy model. He's probably the most impressive underage player they've ever seen in terms of ranking points. So I guess uh, um, Jack Higgins had a big big fantasy numbers the year before, but they reckon Walsh is actually better in terms of fantasy numbers. So whether that equates to fantasy points, depending on the format you play. But uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a superstar. Some people say as well, they don't like taking the number one draft pick because they're not always the best uh, fantasy scorers. But you've got to remember that a lot of the times, there's a key def- a key forward or a key defender being taken as your first pick because uh, you know they're they're you're not going to get another player like them basically in the draft. But yep. you know, if a midfielder in a super strong draft, this is one of the best drafts they've rated in so long, is getting taken ahead of someone like. Uh, I guess, uh, Lacocious getting taken ahead of Rankin in the draft. Some guys that were really, really highly touted in this draft. You've got a midfielder being drafted to Carlton who, a bottom of the ladder is going to be playing. Um, I reckon Walsh is a no brainer in the first round for me.
1: Yeah. I, and especially when you've got, um, a, you know, if you've got a bigger pool than we do, cause they only keep 13, we keep 16 and yep. you know, like there's still some good players floating around in our pool. Um, you know, there's going to be going to be more in their pool. So, yep. um, yeah, I think it depends where you are, but this kid looks like, yeah, an absolute gun. So yeah. um, don't feel too bad if you take him early. No, I reckon he's going to be a good fantasy scorer. All right, that wraps up
0: the uh, show for today. So uh, thank you for um, yeah joining us this week and uh, listening to us uh, ramble on about some uh, players that are definitely not... Uh yeah, highly touted as others, but uh, they're relevant for our keeper leagues, so it's uh, pretty important that we talk about them. And we're getting
1: very close to our uh, draft, so yeah. a lot of research is going into this. We're trying to pick some of these up, and hopefully, I'm actually being very honest. I'm sure you're finding some players that uh, you're not telling us. Oh, about I haven't had a chance, pod. mate. I'm too busy doing all the work for this uh, podcast. No, Geez, <laughs> <laughs> way to feel loved on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon.
0: All right. Uh, but going on last week as well uh, we were after some uh, some reviews so thanks to all the people that uh, said some kind words about us on iTunes Um, lots of great reviews last week and yeah really boosts our confidence and reassures us that we actually might know what we're talking about we're not just talking shit here so yeah I think the
1: jury's still out on that but yeah Yeah, (laughs) we'll find
0: out All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up for this week so thank you for joining us and uh, yeah we'll talk to you soon catch ya